Welcome back to the Six Out Culture Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by Danny and Richard. Boys, how are you doing? Fantastic. I'm good, and so a little stressed out, but it's all good because Italy prevailed, and I'm just looking forward to our quarterfinal matchup against Belgium. Yep, so last time we were on, obviously we recapped the group stage, and we previewed the Austria match, which just took place this past Saturday. And uh, what a crazy one. I think uh, it's fair to say we all agreed uh, that it would be a little bit easier than it was. Um, I'm not saying I expected some kind of a blowout because obviously any round of 16 match is very difficult because the team you're playing doesn't need to win. It's not like you're playing, I don't know, like a team like Hungary and then there's one game left in the group stage and they can't park the bus. They need to score the win or else they're not making it past the group. Austria, if they don't, attack they could just sit back and then go to extra time and penalties and try to squeeze out a win on pens so these small teams are always risky because they don't really attack you too much but in the second half austria really did take it to us they attacked us constantly they kept pressing they played hard and um there's moments where you thought the game could have been over so we'll just get right into it on this pod and start recapping it i guess i'll start off here with what i thought and everything uh first half to start off, like the beginning part of the first half, I wasn't happy at all. Uh, we were very sloppy. We couldn't make uh, two passes in a row. It was very bad. But as the first half went on, our attacking play continued to uh, get better. And that was all from Spina Sola, to be honest. Uh, most of our chances really came from Spina. He was uh, the protagonist for throughout most of the match, hence why he won the Man of the Match award. But uh, in the first half, it was really only Spina causing any issues. I think the biggest uh, chance we had really was Spina blowing by two guys, playing Barella in, who one time did the outside of his boots and then outside of his boot. And uh, the, the goalie made a nice save there, which um, honestly, a save like that looks easy, but it's not at all. Uh, when the ball's uh, curling like that, like that, you never know what's going to happen with that much power. And it's kind of awkward. I know Dan, you probably know as a keeper because you played goalie your whole life. Uh, when the ball's coming right at you, but a little bit to the side, sometimes it's confusing because you can't really uh, dive for it. But at the same time, yeah. it's not really coming right at you. So it's kind of like in a weird distance where it's hard to judge quickly. But uh, the keeper yeah, did a good job there. He, yeah, the goalie did a very good job. Uh, I know if you, like, I know, like, if Boella would have hit more to the left, uh, or so I should say more to the right, uh, it would have been in. But when you're all, when the way Boella hit it, it took a night, it took a curve. But good enough curve for the goalie to stay strong and make a big uh, foot save, like his foot save. And it's easy; it's not as easy as it looks, like, especially as a goalkeeper, because you always have to worry about it maybe curving a little bit more uh, to the right, maybe taking a deflection off a defender, and it goes the completely opposite way. But the shot was hit clean. The goalie got a good view on it, and he uh, made a big save on uh, Barella and uh, kept uh, Austria 0-0 through the 90 minutes. Yeah, no, definitely. That was a really nice save. Probably the best chance we had in the first half. Another one which uh, almost made me throw up was Immobile on the breakaway, kind of. The oh, ball, no. Uh, quite a few <laughs> times. And, uh, you know, I'm very critical and uh, just critical of Immobile in general, afraid uh, or not Italy. But, uh, yeah, the ball bounced a few times. Uh, he couldn't control it. He kind of looked like a little kid at the playground with a bouncy ball. Uh, it was very frustrating. And when he finally did get control of the ball, he's not the quickest striker, we all know. So they caught up and, uh, 
they managed to clear it, but that should have been a goal or at least uh, some kind of chance because I do not mess that up. Uh, that was a golden ticket right there. I really thought we were going to be up one nothing. And uh, throughout the whole first half and match, Immobile was horrendous, but we'll get more into it later. Uh, and then the second half came around, and it was pretty much all downhill from there. Obviously, we all know Austria, Arnautovic scored, and it was disallowed, thank God. Uh, there's a penalty check, but it was offside, and it was a bunch. The referee display, by the way, was uh, horrendous. It was actually terrible, like maybe one of the worst I've seen in a while. Um, I understand the ref trying to let the play go on and not trying to call and be an overkill, but this guy let everything go on. Like you could have got shot that game, and he would have let it play on. Like it was bad. And uh, yeah, the players bowed through it. Oscar had their chances. We weathered the storm, kind of. And uh, we went on to extra time. In the second half, um, I was just, it's just really hard to blame it on one guy. The whole team really played bad. Um, I was very disappointed in our attack. And nobody's really able to create anything. But uh, the whole game changed, like everyone knows, when Chiesa and Pessina came on and Belotti and just all those guys came in. And they really changed the match. Obviously, our goals came from the substitutes, uh, Chiesa and Pessina. And in the extra time, I feel like we felt more in control. Italy was doing their thing again. They got rhythm to it. And I think it's all because when we were playing the first and second half, almost every attack came from the left side. And all Austria would do is put their whole team to clog up that side. And no space for Spina or Insigne or anyone to move. And they would leave the right side because they weren't doing anything. But once Kajsa came in, Austria had to worry about both sides. And that gave space for Spina, who actually ended up playing the ball to Kajsa for the goal. And obviously Chiesa is someone who's very direct, which I like about him. Um, he always goes for a goal. He has balls. He's not going to shy away from uh, taking a shot he usually don't take. And he's very composed there to uh, bring down the ball, wait, and then shoot when he had a better, um, more space to free up a shot instead of letting it go right away. But, uh, yeah, I was very happy to see uh, mentioning bringing Chiesa very late, though. Sherbarman much earlier, maybe even a halftime of the regulation, but... It's okay. Came in, scored. Pessina as well. And then 2 nothing up. I'm like, okay, that's done. Austria got one back. I honestly wasn't too nervous after that. I did not see Austria getting another one. Uh, a few moments were like, oof, uh, a little, a little shaky, but we managed to survive. Belotti did good when he came in to work hard and, uh, sacrifice himself for the team. He came back like an animal. I think he had as many tackles as Bonucci and, uh, Chedby and like, a quarter of the time, not even. He was... Uh, Relaxed there. <laughs> uh, Bonucci, uh, well, yeah, he also had a big mistake in the in the match, but we're not going to get into that too much. Uh, thank God we took a goal. The whole team had a lot of mistakes, to be honest. But uh, yeah, Villotti had so many tackles as a striker to come back like that. Kind of reminded me of Mandzukic at Juve. But uh, yeah, overall, we got the win. I was very happy. I was very, very disappointed in uh, the guys who we look really up to. Uh, for the young ones, at least, they look to Immobile, they look to Insigne, they look to uh, Verratti, Jorginho, Berardi, and uh, they did not deliver at all. As uh, Insigne, I think, since the first match, he hasn't been bad. I don't think he, that's, that's unfair to say he's been bad. He's had some good moments. I just think the decision-making is questionable, like when he should shoot, when he shouldn't shoot, when he should pass, when he shouldn't pass. Uh, when he should take on the defender and, and not back down, turn around and play back, or when he should. Um, I'm not worried about Insigne, though. I know he will step up eventually, just hopefully next match, because 
Um, now I haven't seen any Mobile, these guys, you can't say, oh, they're young. Now they're in their prime, and, and seeing as 30, Mobile, I'm actually not sure how old he is, but I know he's not young. And, I think he's uh, 32 or 31. 32? Like, oh, so, yeah. 31, I think 31, around, like 31, 32. Yeah, so these guys, this is their time now. Uh, in the World Cup, Immobile, I don't think we'll see. Insignia, I think we'll, we'll probably see, because Napoli is phenomenal. But for Italy, other than that first match, it's been kind of shaky, and I really hope he can uh, get back into it for the Belgium game, which I have confidence that he will. Uh, one thing I did like about Insignia, though, is that even though he's having a very off game, uh, he ran back, he pressed, he was still doing other things, which I, I can appreciate. But Immobile, when he's not scoring... He's doing nothing. He's a striker that takes 10 chances to get one goal. And everyone knows that. He's a poacher and he doesn't offer much if he's not scoring. So, uh, Immobile, everything we feared coming into the tournament happened. And right now we could have been recording different podcasts about why we got eliminated and why Immobile should never wear an Italy kit again. So, it could have been a completely different story. But you know what? Enough being negative. We pulled away. We got the win. And I'm proud of the boys. Dan, how are you feeling? Yeah, so uh, you recapped them out very well, actually. So uh, I'm just going to say what I saw that I liked. A few things I liked um, was the Mancini stuff. Finally, when they brought in the Chiesa and Piscina, uh, you could see that Italy, Italy were taking their step forward and they were attacking more. I didn't like the way we played through the whole 90 minutes at all. Um, I know it's a court. I know you were all, all nervous because it's a one and done game. But I was even getting more nervous uh, because I know Italy could play a lot better and they weren't living up to the expectations I had. I knew Austria were going to be a little tough. Um, I was even saying it too. Uh, you can't take these guys lightly because they do have some quality players uh, who can make you pay. Like Alaba, who's a very who's very good for Austria and he's also a pretty good player as well. Sabitzer, who um, is one of the best midfielders in the German league. Uh, the guy can create. His passing range is incredible and he can shoot from anywhere and uh, score. So that's one thing, too, like we have to look out for. Uh, Italy did do pretty well uh, weathering the storm of the Austrian attack. Uh, Donnarumma made some big saves when uh, it was when his t- time count, uh, came. Uh, he made a beautiful save. I, I believe it was either on Tabitha or Slaga uh, when they shot it outside the box, and he made that nice uh, diving left-handed save and uh, kept Italy at par. At zero zero, he uh came collected the ball very well. He uh his passing with his feet was actually improved from this game uh rather than the other games. And also a few things I like too uh, when when Belotti came in, uh the guy's just an animal. He took on like four or five defenders leading up to a free kick. Uh, he won the free kick where Insigne took it. Uh, and the goal made a beautiful save. Or else like, we could have been talking about one of the goals of the tournament and our first uh goal coming from a free kick in the tournament and another thing I like too was the fullback play uh, I feel like Spinazzola is just a monster man the guy guy's making a case of why he can be easily a top five left back in the world at this Euros and also Di Lorenzo too he uh for me he had a solid display uh especially going up against uh David Alaba who uh is a very tough uh company and I feel like he did his part he Held him in check for most of the game, and he also made a beautiful run. Uh, I believe it was an extra time where he just ran by like four or five guys. Uh, too bad the shot he took was very poor, but it was also too that he was going very fast. He didn't have time to set. But if that would went in, uh, and I don't know if I would be on this podcast, I probably would be hungover still uh, 
how happy I was, like <laughs> how excited I was getting when I saw him do that run. It was like a messy run for me. Uh, but a, a lot of, one thing too, Chiesa changed the game and he made a case for himself why he should be starting against Belgium. Uh, also too, I know this is going to be a very hot take, but maybe Mancini could consider even Bolotti starting. Uh, I feel like the way the Belgium defends, I feel like Bolotti would have a big impact in this game. Uh, but we'll see with that. And also, too, I feel like Italy against Belgium now. Um, yeah, Belgium are very quality side. They got the likes of Lukaku, uh, Forgan Hazard, uh, who scored that beautiful goal yesterday. De Bruyne, uh, they got Mertens off the bench, or if he might start, who knows. Uh, so they got some good quality players um, in their squad. I feel like the way Belgium play, and one thing we can get them on is defensively, I'm not sold on them defensively. Their defense is a little too uh, old and slow for our attack. But the one person you have to look out for is Mounier, who's been having a very good tournament. Uh, so he's going to be one guy to look out for. But overall, I feel like it's going to be a good attacking match. I feel like both sides are going to be up for it. And hopefully the uh, Azuri uh, could prevail. Yeah, you think about the yeah I think you guys... Both uh, hit the nail on the coffin there. Um, one thing I want to mention that uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned yet is Verratti's status in the team. I think, Enz, you said it best in the chat we have. Verratti and Jorginho just can't play together. They're just too similar. Uh, they lack creativity when they're on the pitch at the same time. Uh, they're both great players. It just When you have two similar players, it just doesn't gel well. We saw uh, when Locatelli came on especially how much our attack opened up more and how fluent we were. Uh, like you said, the first half, I think we were more dominant. Uh, the second half, the Austrian coach, I have no idea who he is, but a uh, very smart coach. He said, okay, guys, Spinazzola is the only player doing stuff. Let's lock him down. Let's lock down that whole side because the right side, Berardi, that guy, I don't know how he's still getting starts over Chiesa. Immobile wasn't doing anything. Insigne was on the left, but it was mainly Spinazzola. And, uh, so they kind of just locked on that whole left side, like Enzo was saying earlier. And there was, it was basically the biggest, for, uh, biggest thing of disrespect I've ever seen. They put all their guys on the left side, knowing we wouldn't switch it over to the right side, because our right side was invisible. And it actually worked in their favor. Uh, like you guys said, we could have been on a totally different podcast talking about how we're out of the Euros. But thank God, um, after the second half, we survived that monstrosity. And, um, we came into extra time back into a form. We, we re-motivated ourselves and the whole of extra time, I feel like we were more dominant, just an unlucky goal. Nothing, uh, you could have stopped there. It was just an unlucky bounce for us, but uh, I think it was great that it went to extra time. Um, I actually prefer it this way because it's a good wake up call. Obviously we've been, uh, performing well against Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. And we're saying, okay, like we're doing good. No one can stop us. And now this is like, oh shit, Austria almost knocked us out in the round of 16. So it's a great wake up call, especially when we're facing a big team like Belgium and we're on a hard bracket where we could have potentially France in the semifinals. So it's just saying like, okay, keep our, our composure. Don't get too worked up and, uh, just keep calm. I think this is going to be, um, the match of the tournament. I've been t- telling a couple of my friends this. Uh, it's going to be the match that defines Chiellini, Bonucci, Spinazzola, Di Lorenzo, and Donnarumma for sure. They're definitely going to attack us. We'll see like, Chiellini's 
fit enough. If he's fit, uh, Mancini, I'm praying. Uh, I am praying. If Chiellini is not fit, that Bastoni gets the start over at Cherubi. Yeah, no, I because there's Bastoni. no. I I I don't like Cherubi that much. I don't think he's. I don't see anything special in him. With Bonucci, he's a ball-playing defender. He always gets those long balls up, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But he's an experienced defender. You could say that. He's won multiple trophies. He has a great partnership with Chiellini. He's on a winning team. Like, you could say he's an experienced defender. At Cherubi, you can't use that term. I, I don't know what he's done. to, to Just because he's old doesn't mean he's experienced. Uh, I don't think he's anything special. I really hope um, Bastoni gets the start over over him. Well, Frenchette, uh now that we're on the topic, honestly, it was like both of you, starting from Frenchette, what changes would you make to the starting 11 going into Friday? See, this is hard. Like, I want to say I'd start Chiesa, but, like, people have also made the point, like, if we are, like, yeah. need a fresh pair of legs, Berardi's not a fresh pair of legs. The way he's been playing this tournament, I wouldn't trust him off the bench. I wouldn't trust him starting 11. He's not doing anything special. So that's why Chiesa's been on the bench. But now this is against Belgium. So I, I would have to start Chiesa. I would start Belotti. I think Immobile has just been horrendous. So I think the thing I like about Belotti is you could tell he's he, pissed off. It's, it's kind of like too. Buffon. Yeah, it's kind of like Buffon watching Chesney. When you see someone that is worse than you and there's nothing you could do about it but just sit on the bench and complain to the coach afterwards, like it's stressful. So the fact that Pelotti got to come on and make a huge impact for Italy and show mention, he's like, listen, even if I don't score, I'm going to work my ass off for this team. And that's exactly what he did. He was pressuring everyone. Every single time Italy didn't have the ball, he was running like a bulldog. He was getting in, getting physical. And they were clean tackles too, not like Austria, who were just elbowing Spinatola in the stomach when he was already on a yellow card. And Anthony Taylor, you know, the English rep, the reason why English refs weren't in the World Cup, by the way, just letting it go. I felt like Austria got like 200 warnings and like, I think they got like three yellow cards in total. So disaster of a ref. But uh, Belotti was getting clean tackles. He was pressuring well. And I think it was like, hey, Mancini, listen, Immobile, I swear Immobile fixed this here more times than he's touched the ball. And that's saying something. Bolotti showed Mancini why he deserves to start and why he fights for the jersey unlike Immobile does. Immobile got one shot that was like, oh shit, that was a nice shot. But other than that, like Enzo said, yeah, he needs he ten he needs ten of those chances before he gets one actual good chance. And I feel like too with if say you go with Bolotti uh against Belgium, but we'll see. Because I know Mancini if Mancini might just go for Immobile. I think Immobile is gonna start. I also wouldn't mind Immobile coming off the bench, say, in the 60th, 70th minute. If, say, Bolotti isn't playing up to his standards, you bring in a guy like Immobile when the legs are getting tired and stuff, and boom, why not? it'll be like kind of like a Chiesa situation where he comes in and he uh, produces a spark. Uh, for me, if the changes I would make, I don't know, French, if you're done, but I'm just going to say my quick changes. In yeah, yeah I, I would start Chiesa because you can't – I. Don't want to do another Austria game because no. <laughs> Belgium will make us pay 10 times more than Austria will if we play the way we did. Um, I'll give Italy a little credit too. Uh, not credit, but I'll say this. Uh, who knows if some, with the uh, the legs because really half these guys, uh, may, a lot of these guys who played, had, didn't play that last game. So basically, they didn't play in, say, two weeks, you can say, or a week and a half instead of 
how many days off they had. So hopefully the legs the legs keep going. Uh, they're up and going, uh, and they're up for the Belgium match. But for me, I would start Chiesa over Baradi because Baradi, I'm gonna say this right now, he's he's making my head spin. Uh, a few times against uh, Austria, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? This guy could then pass it to Insigne or Immobile, and he's shooting it, and then. In the 90th minute, instead of going for a simple play where he can either control it and hit it, or even just try to header it on target, the guy's going for a bicycle kick. Like, but yeah, that all oh, that we're was tied so stupid. In the 90th minute, we're not four 0 up against San Marino in a friendly. This is a round of 16 matchup where we're tied zero zero in the 90th minute. There's a chance. There's a better, great chance we're going extra time. And you're pulling off a bicycle kick, so uh, that right there wasn't uh, I wasn't a fan of that as well. So from that moment, I think uh, I would start Kiesa because he can provide more, uh, and especially on the left side of Belgium, it's not as strong as people think it. It's not as strong. They're strong suit in the tournament. It's more the right side on Mounier's side. So I feel like Kiesa on that left side could expose uh, the Belgium defense and get it in behind and cause problems for them. So that would be my change in the attack. And then, uh, French, I'll let you go uh, for any other changes. Yeah, I think I'd leave the team. I think I mentioned it before. Just Chiellini instead of Echerbi if he's not fit. I'd put Bastoni in. Other than that, um, I'd start Locatelli. I'd start Locatelli in the mid. I would do Locatelli, Jorginho, um, Varela. I think that would be much better. I, even though Verratti's been incredible so far, I just think him and Jorginho are very similar. And... We won games when Verratti uh, wasn't there. I think why change it if it's not broken? Um, I just think against Belgium especially, their best player, obviously, uh, I'm going to say it's uh, De Bruyne. I think the way he creates is amazing. But I would say their second uh, best player, other than Lukaku, is Courtois. I think he's a very important player for them. It's going to be much harder to score against um, Belgium because they have Alderweireld, who's a great defender. Vertonghen, who's... I'll arguably good defender. Then the other third guy, Vermalen, who'd probably start. Um, not too worried about him, but they play as a good defensive unit. Not to mention, when you get past them, you have Courtois, who's been phenomenal this tournament, who's uh, won the Golden Glove at the World Cup. So he's uh, on a high pedigree. He's a great keeper. I think it'll be much harder to score. Um, so we got to make sure we, we have an attacking prowess to us. Not like Austria, where we kind of got dominated the second half, because we got to make sure we're scoring before Belgium do, so we could kind of make them press higher and get more chances open. Yeah, and it's funny about Vermaelen, maybe one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, this time at Roma made me uh, want to cry every time he had the ball. And the Belgium Lugani. Yeah, yeah, but for real. So, uh, yeah, if Vermaelen plays and we don't score, then I we just pack up and go home already because that's embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, no, I think you guys covered it well. Um, going into the match, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm confident because obviously no. Belgium, there's always some doubt when you're playing a team that good. And, uh, my expectation, I don't know what it is to be honest. We'll see how the match plays out. It'll change throughout the match, I assume, like usual, but. Uh, I'm just hoping the guys give it their all. They impose their will. And uh, I just really hope, like, my biggest worry is that we're going to miss a lot of big chances. Like, that cannot happen in these big games because you don't get that many of them. That's why I don't want Immobile to start, but he probably will. 
Um, yeah, to change the starting 11, you guys already set them well. Like, yep. It's going to be probably Chiesa, hopefully Bellotti, and maybe Locatelli because uh, Jorginho and Verratti are way too yeah. similar to really play them all three. And they're all very short as well in midfield. If you look at our starters, like Jorginho, Verratti, Barella, they're not the biggest guys, which can well, be a problem. Locatelli brings height. Yeah, at least Locatelli can bring some height and um, some scoring ability, which I don't think... Mm, Barella has some, but not too much. But Verratti and uh, Jorginho really don't have that much scoring ability in them. Verratti a bit more than Jorginho, but... Um, yeah, we'll see what Mancini does. You know, he's the coach for a reason. He'll make the big decision. But also, like you guys said, uh, Bastoni. If Lachione's not fair, I really want to see Bastoni in there. And that's about it, really. The rest, I wouldn't really yeah. touch. I think everyone else did their part. Um, and Senia, I think no matter how bad he plays, uh, I always expect him to bounce back. I think he will. Um, he's a great player for a reason. So I'm really hoping we see the Insignia with Napoli against Belgium. That'd be a huge difference maker. Immobile, I hope he's on his way back to Rome to start a training camp with Lazio for next season already because I don't want to see him there. But uh, he'll most likely start, to be honest. But, yeah. Uh, nothing really else uh, for starting 11 that I change. Uh, for previewing the match, obviously, like you guys did a good job of it already. Uh, I'll bring up now Hazard and De Bruyne are questionable for the game. We don't know what's going to go on there. I see De Bruyne like post everywhere saying, oh, he's done for the Euros, but I really don't know. I haven't seen anything confirmed. Uh, Hazard's another one. Him, I can care less if he plays, to be honest, because he doesn't really make an impact at all. So... Uh, Hazard playing doesn't really bother me if he does play at least. But um, what do you guys think of De Bruyne and Hazard? What can that mean for Italy if those guys are missing? Yeah, uh, if those guys aren't, uh, I think Hazard most likely could be out for the game. Uh, depending, uh, Martinez just said in a press conference that uh, those guys aren't done yet. So who knows with them? But um, I think if De Bruyne and Hazard do have to miss, uh, it's gonna be a huge loss for Belgium. Uh, we saw when De Bruyne went out yesterday uh, that they couldn't really create much. Um, Lukaku wasn't a big factor at all. The, the Portuguese defense held him in check. And Mertens came in and he really hasn't, didn't do much of an impact. Uh, so And also, too, when Yannick Carrasco came in, it seemed like their attack got worse. The guy, I don't know what is up with him. He had so much talent at one point. Then he went to uh, China and uh, he hasn't been the same since. So I think without Hazard, uh, De Bruyne, it's going to be hard for Belgium to create chances uh, and give the ball to Lukaku to let him work his magic because the guy's just a beast. The guy's a top three striker in the world, but I think he can't do it by himself, especially against the Italian defense who uh, played against them. And uh, they have good numbers against Lukaku uh, you, uh, with Benucci and Chiellini, so... Hopefully, Kalini can start, but Bastoni has to slot in. Hopefully, he, he does the job, too, because he trained against Lukaku um, every day in training, so he knows what to expect. But if De Bruyne, uh, even if just De Bruyne plays, I'm going to say that because he's more likely to play than Hazard, in my opinion. Uh, we have to watch out for him because this guy can make a pass that uh, we can't even see. So we have to make sure we don't let De Bruyne work his magic because the guy's the best midfielder in the world and he's going to make us pay and we just have to uh, watch out because he can score a goal from anywhere. Uh, he can create a, a goal from anywhere and um, 
yeah, even also too, we have to look out for uh, Hazard's brother, Forgan Hazard. Uh, he can it proved yesterday too. He can score out of nothing. Uh, so we have to watch out for them. They got some good players, even without Hazard and De Bruyne, that we have to look out for. But I feel like if Hazard and uh, De Bruyne don't play, it's we can contain them more than say if those guys do play. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting matchup, and um, I'm excited for the game. Uh, I like to, especially because these are two heavyweights going at it. Um, I mean, also I'm gonna be nervous when the game uh, starts. Hopefully, the Azuri uh, could prevail, and the next podcast we talk on, uh, we're all in uh, good spirit. Yeah, um, I just, I just think this: um, if De Bruyne does play, uh, we're gonna have to get Bonucci in a carbon face mask, like uh, Rudiger in the Champions League final. I think we should be good marking him like that. Uh, but like you guys said, he's phenomenal, one of the best midfielders in the world. Make a pass out of anything. Uh, he just creates for everyone. Um, as far as Hazard, I think he's been Belgium's best player. Um, I think this shows how much power uh, the Premier League has in media. I've always think thought Hazard was better than uh, his brother Eden. Uh, just Eden just happened to play for Chelsea. Had so much hype. Now he's at Madrid. He's doing nothing. Dorgan's kind of been consistent in the Bundesliga or wherever he's been playing. And he's been putting up consistent numbers and playing good. And um, I think, Enz, you called it last podcast, Belgium score out of nothing. Like, that chance shouldn't have even happened. That chance shouldn't have even happened. And just he just had so much room. The Portuguese defender's like, okay, shoot. Uh, like, nothing's going to happen. And the way he just aimed that perfectly, Rui Patricio just was shocked he, he he I think he got a like a hand to it but it was just too powerful went in or he was just like he just missed the fingertips away yeah. so it was just a well well aimed goal it was like to perfection and I think that's Patricio who we have to worry about took, mostly it, you could say some can argue uh especially as a goalie he kind of took uh, he took his step a little too wide allowing God uh, the shot like he missed underestimated the ball he thought the ball was going to go Maybe or near post, but so he yeah, kind I, of cheated a little bit. It took that one extra step, but uh, take nothing less of Hazard shot. It was a beautiful shot. The way it curved and dipped after, and Patricio, uh, it looked bad. It looked easy to save the goals. We're like, what the hell was he doing? But he kind of cheated a little bit because he was thinking maybe Hazard was going to go near post. But Hazard, what a wonderful shot, and he uh, found a way to uh, beat Patricio, who was having a very strong game, who was having a strong tournament for Portugal. Uh, he's made some big saves for them, uh, but take nothing less. It's going to be an interesting game, and I'm I'm a little nervous talking about it now. I was thinking about it, but I'm excited to uh, see two heavyweights go at it and Portugal's The only thing I'm confident in is Portugal's defense is good. It's not great. It's just good. Patricio is a great keeper. If Belgium struggled, because they didn't have a lot of chances, I think the hazard chance. Yeah, one shot on target. Yeah, yeah, and it was the hazard, and it was from outside of the box, and it was an absolute wonder goal. It was a rocket. It's not something he could recreate over and over again if he wanted to, because if he could, he'd be at a bigger team. Um, I just think if the Portuguese defense could lock them down like that, with and they're missing Joel Cancelo, they're missing like their top fullbacks. I think the Italian defense, as long as they're composed and they're not. 
too frustrated like we got against Austria in the second half where we were doing stupid things. Um, I think we could uh, challenge the, uh, Belgium, um, especially Chiellini. Uh He's locked down Lukaku before when he was at Inter. As long as you know how to defend certain players, you're good. Just De Bruyne, we got to deal with him when uh, we got to prepare to deal with him. I hope Mancini is training to deal with um, De Bruyne because chances are he is going to play. He didn't look too hurt from uh, the looks of it. And we just got to hope it, uh, Italy play well and Italy play their game because if they play their game, they're going to win. Yeah, definitely. And uh, when you're saying I was right, I thought you were going to mention uh, how Kalajic scored for Austria because I did predict that in the last podcast. Yeah, he did. How he, he come off the bench and score. Got six seven man. There's not much. Uh, yeah. And that goal too was like you could say yeah it was lucky he it was all his big frame diving for the ball. There's not much the Italian defense Donnarumma could do. They had two guys on them, like so it was just a, a lucky goal to allow. But gotta give that guy credit. The guy has I believe I was seeing I saw a stat yesterday. He has nine headed goals. Uh, with that one he scored. So. He was just unlucky, uh, but hey, the guy's a big boy, and who knows? And maybe Haroma, him and Belotti, imagine that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think he deserves a big move. I've always rated Kalajic for a while now. I think he's a great player. And, uh, yeah, that goes probably Jorginho's fault because he was covering your post. And near then he, post, yeah. So, um, he fell asleep there, but it's all right. Um, I wish he didn't score, but I had kind of had a feeling it would. Just hard defense plays and the Chad would be being there. And how tall he is, I had a feeling he'd get a, at least a good chance in there. But, yeah, for Belgium, you guys covered it well. And uh, before we end the pod, I want to ask both of you guys, Osterov here, uh, your keys to the match, maybe one, two, three of them. Just a couple of keys, what do you think will happen, even if it's one. Uh, for me, first off, scoring. <laughs> I think it's the biggest one. Uh, the rest of the team does not worry me. Goal scoring does. We struggled greatly against Austria. I don't think Belgium will sit back as much, so... It shouldn't be as difficult in some aspect, but also their quality is much higher than Austria, so it kind of evens out. What we need, in my opinion, is mixing up attacks, versatility, attack from different sides. Hopefully, Kiaz is starting as well, so it can strengthen the right side, so uh, Spina and Insigne can't just get clogged into a corner. But, uh, yeah, just we can't depend on Spina to create every opportunity we make in the attack. So mix it up, be versatile. Uh, give different guys a look and uh, confuse Belgium. Don't make it so predictable like last game. And, um, yeah, just don't let what Austria did in that second half. Just don't let us clog into one side and just keep our good players there. Mix it up. Hopefully Chiesa uh, plays like we know he can. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Chiesa's a great player. And uh, that's all. That's really it. Immobile, I think he will start. I think Immobile and Senior probably have the most pressure on them out of anyone on this team. They need to step up. If they play good, I think we'll win. I think that's how simple it is, really. If they show up, I think we'll win this match. If Keza starts, and that's it, really. Those are really the keys to the match. Just be versatile. Yeah. Um, defensively and in the midfield, I'm not too worried. Lukaku, Chiellini's seen him before. Even if he didn't, Bastoni practices him every week. So he knows how he plays. De Bruyne, I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. But if he does, then hopefully we can just send a lot of bodies to him and uh, make him uncomfortable throughout the whole match. Uh, Hazard, hopefully Di Lorenzo, uh, lock him down, which I think he can. Di Lorenzo's been great this tournament. And, uh, yeah, those really my keys to match the attack, score, and, uh, mix it up. Don't be so predictable. Dan, how about you? Yeah, for me, um, 
I agree with all your points. Uh, I think versatile. Uh, they have to allow, if especially if Kiesa starts, I believe they should use the right side more. And also as well, uh, we haven't really seen it this tournament, but at Napoli too, uh, I've seen it a lot. Allow Di Lorenzo to attack because the guy, I, I believe he had six assists this season. I could be wrong. Uh, so he's a, a fullback that can do both. Uh, and when he attacks, he can provide an assist or so. And it proved uh, last game in extra time that run he did when he blew by everyone uh, that his attacking ability. So for me, I feel like we should use the right side more, especially if Chiesa starts. Uh, so allow both players stay the Chiesa and also Di Lorenzo to attack the defense and cause problems for them. Uh, so versatile, like just use both sides uh, for me. Uh, also, the key, this is key for Italy if they want to succeed and shut down Belgium. Don't let De Bruyne and Lukaku cause problems uh, because if those guys are causing problems, it's going to be a long 90 minutes for us. So all the defense, the midfield, whoever, all 11 guys, even Donnarumma has to be ready for those two guys to uh, work because Belgium have other guys too that can step up. So prepare, if you lock them down, prepare for as well the uh, the other guys to step up as well. And this, for me, has to be a key point. Just there's times against Austria where we tried rushing the play. Just calm down a little bit and let the play build up. Uh, there's a few times where Insigne or, say, Baradi had the chance to pass it, uh, just uh, take an extra touch and then pass it, and they would end up taking another touch, which caused a big mess where we had no option out, and then they were forced to shoot or lose the ball after or there'll be a times where Baradi and Insigne had the ball, and instead of passing it like first time, they like or passing it after a touch, they would pass it first time, and they would just lose the balls in key areas. Uh, so we have to calm down uh, a lot, uh, set the tone early, get our tempo going early, because it seems like Italy really in the first half for me didn't really settle into the match until maybe the 15th, 16th minute. Uh, but then the second half, they were just a disaster. They didn't settle into that half at all. Uh, so for me, set the tone early. And another key point I have to uh, get a goal early, because if you can get a goal early, that will change the mood for the game, for Italy at least, the whole game. Uh, it seems like Italy are the type of team that if they score early, which they knock on wood, they have been the whole tournament. Uh, every The first four games we played, we scored the first goal and it seemed like that Italy got that confidence and they got their their mojo uh, when they scored the first goal so for me scoring the first goal is a key factor if they want to beat Belgium because then you allow them to attack and then we can calendar them uh, with the pace of Chiesa Insigne and who knows Belotti or Immobile so score first is a key factor and uh, just play hard man just play for your country play for the the fans watching even though a lot of, some of them don't even know half these players where they have to play just play hard for them uh and just play with hard and go down for fight so those are my uh keys to the match yeah i i agree with those those uh have been great keys um for me i want to take a different approach i want to uh move away from the physical keys and go into the uh, mental keys I think we gotta be composed, have some composure. Uh, the only way I see Belgium scoring is from a, a counter attack after someone 
and the attack loses the ball, or we get dispossessed because it's going to happen. We're not going to have a shot on target every time we're in the attacking half. So when we do get dispossessed, how uh, quick we are to run back and get in position and defend because, like we all said, De Bruyne just one long ball to Lukaku or Hazard or uh, the other Hazard or uh, Mertens, whoever it is, and just outpaces because Chiellini, when we're on the attack, Chiellini pushes up, he kind of edges closer and closer because he, he always gets excited and giddy for that for that goal, for that special moment to attack, to be part of it. He doesn't like sitting back when you're just controlling the ball for time. He does. He always wants to be a part of it. Bonucci will be back, but you know he's slow. He's not. He's not Usain Bolt over here. And Spinazzola and Di Lorenzo always join the attack, which is how Italy plays. How our, our attack have been so good um, recently. So I think off the counter attack, we gotta be composed. We gotta make sure we're aware of our surroundings. Like, okay, if we lose the ball like here, how quick can I mark Lukaku? How quick can I mark this player? Or just get back into position. I think that's uh, a key that we really have to focus on because I think one counterattack and Belgium are one nothing up. And then uh, the second key is to keep calm, keep our heads on because if we are one nothing down, we saw when Austria were one nothing up. Even before then, uh, it was kind of like we were playing a lot frustrated. We couldn't get past Austria's defense. We were playing stupid passes. We were taking stupid shots. We were um, underestimating our opponents. And I think if Belgium go one nothing up, we, how we respond to that goal and we can't get too frustrated unless they score at like the 85th minute. Then I agree. Get just do whatever you need to do to get the ball in the net. But if it's at the 60th minute or if it's in the first half, just keep calm, play your game. Eventually we'll get a goal. I think we got to have that mentality. And the third and most important part is play physical um, against Portugal. Uh, I, I saw Belgium. They're a very physical team, not as physical as Austria. And we saw against Austria, Austria were being physical towards us. We weren't being physical back. And we saw that um, you have to understand the ref, too. I think I'm going to have that as a bonus. Understand the ref. Anthony Taylor is a Premier League ref. He's an English ref. He's used to roughness. So when Austria are getting down and dirty with us and elbowing us and getting dirty things where the ref can't see and he can't give what he can't see, um, also he's more lenient with physical uh, physical play. I think Italy could have been more physical against Austria, and we weren't. Against Belgium, I'm not sure who the ref is yet, but understand the ref. So if it's a ref, kind of play it out. If it's a ref's like, okay, I'm being a little too physical here, but the ref's allowing it. Okay, let's be a little more physical. Kind of test the referee and see how physical we could be. Because if we could be physical, try to be physical. Kind of just um, make sure, just give scuff them up a bit. De Bruyne is on an injury. It's not severe injury, but he is on an injury. So the right clean tackle, obviously, could uh, hinder his game. Same with Hazard if he does play. I don't think Hazard is playing. Same with Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku throws his body into a, a lot of people, and sometimes he gets away with this, sometimes he doesn't. So if we could just match that energy, I'm sure Chiellini will. Uh, just match Lukaku's body, body him back, kind of um, fizzle him a little bit rough them up. I think that that'd be our keys uh, to victory. Yeah, those are all of our keys. Um, I think we did a good job with those keys there. Um, obviously, there's a lot of things we got to take into account heading into the match, but I think um, we all really nailed down what is important going into the match. Like Alfred Chet took the mental approach, which I think a lot of people overlook. But uh, yeah, boys, I'm nervous. Uh, 
I'm kind of yeah. scared to end the pod right now because it could be the last time uh, or preview in Italy match for the Euros. Hopefully it's not. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to end it here. And think of it this one. way. And think of it this way, right? Italy gets past Belgium. I don't think there's another team that could stop us. Um, they're number one ranked in FIFA. They have the best overall team, France, you know. They have a weaker goalie and they have a, a weaker defense, I would argue. So just remember this. This is kind of our like last big hurdle to prove to the world that what uh what Ellie is is special. Yeah. I just want them to play hard. I think if they play hard, they play with the Italian mindset, uh play with them Italian style, play for the remember those who played before them, like uh, the Del Pieros, the Canavaros. Just play hard and prove to uh the world why uh Italy's back. Uh Enzo said it best. This is just a stepping stone for the World Cup. So imagine this team uh, with mainly these guys with guys like Zaniolo coming in, maybe guys like Pellegrini, and there's always going to be these one or two stars that come out of nowhere, and then we have to make a case, oh, is this guy going to play? Is this guy going to play? So for me, this is a huge stepping stone, and this is our biggest test so far against Belgium, and if Ailey can uh, pass this test, uh, regardless of what happens in the game. Obviously, I'm going to be sad if they lose. I want them to win. But I'm so proud of the boys. Uh, they made it far. Uh, again, this is a stepping stone for the World Cup for me. So just play hard, boys. Just play with the Italian mindset. Beat, if you can beat Belgium, then uh, we'll worry about the semis. But just play hard. Take it one game at a time. And we need all 11 guys to uh, step up. Yeah, and the one thing that makes me uncomfortable watching these matches is knowing there's not two legs, there's only one. So knowing we can play as good as we want, but then one, like, even Belgium just did that, to be honest. They had one shot on target, and they won one yeah. nothing. Portugal so that, dominated the entire game, and they just yeah. couldn't score. Especially the second half. That was really their half. The first time, I guess you could say a little bit more even, than, but that second half, definitely, yeah. Portugal really put it on them. And... uh that's what I hate about these tournaments. Like even Austria, like I'm, I'm as scared of Austria as, as I am Belgium or France. I just don't like the, the feeling yeah. of playing well. I honestly rather get killed seven nothing than lose one nothing after playing amazing. I just yeah, it's the worst feeling knowing that one shot, one lucky thing can happen. Then like the Kalajic goal. Imagine we're still tied when that happened, or you're not a bitch. It could have been over a tournament. So yeah, I, yeah, I hate stuff Norwich, like that. That Norwich goal has to be a wake up call for Italy. Again, yeah. I think it was. So hopefully it can continue the momentum from the Austria game and uh, just play hard. Like Just set the tone early and uh, just get the job done. That's all we ask. Uh, but regardless, I'm proud of the boys. They're playing hard. 31 games I'm beating. Uh, so right there, there's something to say about this team. Uh, slowly but surely, we're going to be uh, back to the Azuri team that we always wanted to be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, wanted to hear. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a great pod, in my opinion, at least. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But, yeah, we covered a lot. Belgium's going to be a tough task. I'm hoping Arzuri can uh, bring it home for us and uh, move on to the next round, go into the semis, and uh, continue from there. Check out the social media, at Show, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, YouTube as well. And we'll see you next time. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.